welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing super well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So I'd like to start off uh, by you telling me a little more about yourself. So how do you describe yourself and what you do? Sure. So essentially the way I describe myself is we have a business that helps business owners focus on doing what they do best. So we help them uh, alleviate the problems of marketing and lead generation so that they can just focus on working with their clients and getting them results or serving, serving them at the best level possible. Oh, great. What, um, so what size of, of companies do you usually focus on? Is it just small businesses or is it you know, lots of oh. other comp- types as well? Yeah, sure. So it really depends because we help. So basically, I'll say small-ish businesses. Mm-hmm. We help them by helping them install marketing systems into their business. We teach them our systems and how they can execute them in their business. And then we have for the large businesses, we have done-for-you service where we'll actually do the marketing for them, set it all up, run it, manage it, optimize it in an ongoing process as well. So we really kind of work across a pretty broad spectrum, if you will, from people doing, you know, anywhere from seventy to a hundred thousand dollars a year in their business, upwards of million dollars plus. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. All right. Well before we get more into your your company, let's take a couple steps back. Uh why did you study international business in college? Um, I, to be honest, I just thought it would be something cool. Like I looked at all the things and then they were like, oh, you need to go to university to get good jobs. I was like, okay, well, I've always kind of liked business and I wanted to be like a businessman. So I assume I could do normal business, but international business just sounds so much cooler. So <laughs> I'll just do international business then. Yeah. Well, you're right. It, it does sound so much cooler than just regular studying business. So, yeah. So, so then after you graduated, what did you do? So I was um, working full time when I was at uh, uni as well, but I got out and I thought, okay, as soon as I finish, I'm going to be able to get a job as like a management consultant. I'll be able to get into these big companies and, you know, be flying all over the world doing cool stuff, mm-hmm. um, which did not happen because uh, once, I, <laughs> once, I, once I came out of university, even though I'd been working and I had my degree, they're like, well, you don't have experience necessarily in this field. I was like, well, how am I meant to get experience if you don't give me experience? You know, like this sounds like stupid. Like, how do I get started then? Which they didn't have an answer for me. So um, I worked in a couple of different companies as like a general manager and uh, office manager. And I started to get a little bit, not bored, but I could see, well, I'm, I'm not really doing much. I'm not really pushing my potential. So then I decided to start my own business and go out there and actually um, help and work with people. And then uh, as a byproduct of that, I got to do international things. So I got to fly around, I get to travel, speak. Um, around uh, the topics of like lead generation and Facebook marketing and online marketing, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I ended up getting what I wanted, but it was just in a slightly different way than I thought originally. Yeah, that's really interesting. So could you 
Tell me about that moment when you decided that you were at your day job and you were like, nope, this is not what I want to do. I want to start my own company. Were there like, were there books you were reading to get to do that? Did you just like jump from one to the other? Was it a slower process? How did that? Yeah, I'm very. When I make a decision, I take action very quickly on things. So I kind of was just like, ah, oh, it was a, it was about Christmas time, and um, I was told that you know, like I had to work on all the days that weren't public holidays, so I had to go in, so I couldn't go away with my family like we normally did every year, and that kind of frustrated me a little bit. And I was like, look, all right, cool, I'm done. I'm gonna start. Like I've been doing a little bit of, I've always been doing marketing online and different things over the years. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna jump, and I think I was getting like $200 a week from a client to do some like social media stuff for them on the side. So I was like, I'm just going to jump and I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Um, so I did probably foolishly, <laughs> uh, but I jumped anyway. So I was, I was reading lots of more so probably I would say not necessarily um, business books, but probably a, a lot of like motivational, inspirational things. So I was just like, you know, Tony Robbins, just say yes. I was like, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, it, it definitely hurt my hip pocket by doing it that way. That's for sure. Sure. Excellent. Okay. So, so why particularly, so you started your social voice. Why did you decide to go into, you know, public speaking and, and to be focusing on lead generation and, and the marketing side? Well, I always found like when I first started, I did do a lot of different social media things, but I found that it was very hard for me to justify charging people money just to manage their social media. Like I think now some people get it and they go, cool, it's going to save me time so someone else can manage it for me, which is cool. But at the time, I was, like this is like four or five years ago, um, it was still a very hard like sales. Like let me manage your social media. Like cool, like what does that mean? How many new clients am I going to get? How is this going to work? I'm like, oh, that doesn't really like. I was like, yeah, true. I remember I was had a meeting. I was like, yeah, look, to be honest, you're you're pretty accurate there. I was like, what about if I did um, advertising for you so online on social media so that we could get you, we could tangibly measure how many new customers we get you. They're like, oh yeah, that sounds good. They're like how much is? It? I'm like, oh, I was like, I didn't really think of. It. I was like, three thousand dollars a month. They're like, yeah, sure, let's do that. I'm like. Oh, okay, cool. So it was a, it was a much easier um, conversation. So I was like, oh, I need to focus on this side. Mm -hmm. And this is a byproduct of some of my clients who had um, uh, event-based businesses and education-based businesses. They asked me to come and speak at a few of their events. I started doing more of that, and I was like, wow. Afterwards, I got a lot of um, inquiries from the people that heard me, and it just allowed me to really test and see how much I knew because I think it's very easy to go, yeah, I know a topic, but if you have to teach someone how to do it and to the point where they get results with it as well, I think you have to have a pretty solid understanding and good grasp of your topics and of the, the, you know, the different strategies that you're using to be able to get someone else to be able to get similar results to you. Yeah, definitely. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit. So I was looking at kind of your site and the companies you've worked with, and there are some, you know, ex exceptional companies on here: the Australian government, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Reese Witherspoon. How? So as you were growing this company, how were you able to secure such great clients? To be honest, every, nearly every single one of them came from a a person that I had given tremendous value to. So two of those were through um, clients where I had just given them heaps of value and probably done a little bit of work for them for free and helped them out. And then they made recommendations to me like, oh, cool. Oh, we have this event coming up where Gary Vaynerchuk's doing his launch of his book, Ask Gary V. Mm -hmm. Kim, can you do the marketing? And I was like, oh, 
cool, yeah, I'll, I'll take that job. And someone was like, oh, you know, like, Kim, we heard that you did really good job with the Gary V event. Like, can you do this event with us, with Reese Witherspoon? I'm like, sure. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so all these ones started coming. And then another guy's like, yeah, cool, Kim, we work with, you know, we're um, Australian, the Australian local government. We want to do this and this. Can you help us? And I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. So it's um, it always came as a byproduct of me helping out other people. And then you, you never know who people know. There's always that, you know, six degrees of separation or whatever it is. So in every experience or every interaction, I try and give as much value as possible to people and then also ensure that I do the best job possible so that as a byproduct of that, you know, if something pops up, they'll think of me, even if I don't do work with them, even if it's just some feedback or advice, at least they'll uh, they'll have that in the back of their mind that the person speak to is Kim. Yeah, excellent. So, you know, as as someone who is an expert in um, you know social media, Facebook ads, the lead generation, what are some some of the bad advice that you see people using all the time? Um, good question. It's like I think that. Um, the bad advice that people get, especially when it comes to lead generation, I think it just probably like I'll categorize it even on social media is that they get told a certain strategy from someone who is like, I'll say like 10 steps ahead of them. So they'll see someone and like, they'll see like a Gary V or someone who's like, yeah, cool. Do like a hundred content pieces a day. Right. And so people go, Oh, like I need to do a hundred content pieces a day. And it's like, well, hang on. You don't even have a consistent source of leads coming into your business or let alone marketing and sales. So why, like, don't focus, like, yes, if you have a, like, a, a company valued at, like, $250 million, sure, mm-hmm. just focus on doing 100 content pieces. Yeah. But if you don't, the first thing you need to do is focus on how do you consistently bring leads into your business, make those into sales for your product or service, and consistently do that week on week, month on month, year on year. That should be the first objective. Okay. And I think people see too much, um, People that are, you know, like they, they try and follow someone who's 10 steps ahead of them and doing what they're doing right now. They're just going, cool. What did they do 10 steps prior? And let me do that. Yeah. So with that, is that something that your company uh, specializes in? Like if it's someone who's like listening to this and, and their, um, you know, their company is not doing as well. Do you help bring in them from, you know, step zero all the way to, you know, the t- those 10 steps? Exactly. So, we, I mean, the biggest thing I say, look, and, and if your company is like really less than $2 million in turnover, all you need to be focused on is consistent lead generation systems and sales systems. Mm-hmm. So bringing leads in and then offering them your product or services. If you don't have those in place or like you may have the turnover levels, but maybe like you don't have a consistent source and it's very sporadic. It's like all you need to do is focus on that. And so we help them get to the level where they have that as their focus. They have a system that consistently brings them leads. Then, you know, then comes other problems, right? But <laughs> there's always going to be different problems and issues to face in business. But getting them to that point is yeah. our goal. It's going cool. At least then the marketing side is under control. The sales side should, fingers crossed, as long as their business is good, be under control. Yeah. Then they can look at the next evolution of their business. Sure. Okay. Could you tell me a little bit about the, the books you have written? So what, why did you decide to, to become an author? And, um, yeah, and tell me a little bit more about your two books. Yeah, sure. So the first one was really just because at the time I, I wanted to do something to build a little bit of authority. So some of my good friends, we all came together like, okay, let's, let's collaboratively put together a book where it was really, it was, it was all on, um, the title was winning in, uh, life and work. 
So winning in life and business, sorry. So looking at, cool, how do you win in the game of life and how do you win in the game of business? And I tied that into using social media to win at business. Um, so for me, I really wanted to find something that I could use as a like an authority piece and go, hey, look, I know I'm not that I just talk about this stuff, but you know, I've written a book on it. That's really, was really my goal. <laughs> sure. um, and that was my first one. Then the second one is all, there's actually, I think it's, um, I just uploaded a new version of it to Amazon, um, which is the Facebook ads triad. And it's like how to really, really grow a business using Facebook ads and sh- breaking down some of the campaigns that we've done to, you know, add over 15 million in sales to some of our clients' businesses. Mm-hmm. So for that one, it was really more a, like a, a tangible, um, well, the other one was like, yes, I talked about some principles, but this one was looking at cool, cool, tangibly, what should you do within your business and marketing to, through Facebook ads to generate some results? And that's really so I can show people results in advance. So it's like, hey, if you go and look at and you read that book and you execute one thing and it gets you a result, fingers crossed, next time you need some help, you'll come and speak to me. Yeah. Um, and you, you will ask for your social voice. So that's really why that one was created was to go, let, let's give people some actual tangible things that they can do so that they can get results in advance. And then, you know, next thing they'll, next thing we know, hopefully they'll come and, and want to work with us as well. Yeah. Wonderful. So what is, so, you know, because you focus so much on Facebook and Facebook advertising, what, what are some, I guess, just simple things that people can do that would instantly improve their Facebook advertising? Well, so I break it down into three categories um, when it comes to how to improve anything. So uh, when it comes to your ads, which is um, the niche, so who you're targeting, mm-hmm. the offer, so what you're putting to the marketplace, and then the copy, which is how it's written. So I call it the NOC method. Um, so when we look at it, normally, most of the time, one of those three things sucks. And uh-huh. to be honest, even it comes to, it happens to my campaigns all the time, etc. It's fine. Yeah. So um, most of the time, I find that people are probably being too broad with their niche. They're too, being too non-specific with their offer and they've, they haven't really articulated it well. So that's just a general broad brushstroke. So okay. normally I recommend like if you have a business that operates um, online or maybe it's uh, in a larger geographic region, you really should be targeting. It should be men or women that you're targeting. It should be a 10 year age bracket. You should have the demographic and psychographic factors of them. Are they business owners? Are they not? Um, what do they do? Do they like to travel? Like you really need to have that dialed in. I say most people don't have that to start off with. Mm-hmm. And then in their offer, they don't, they're not really articulating or like I'll say selling, but it's, it's, you know, they're not positioning the outcome that the client's going to get. Like we had a, um, one of our clients who's, uh, we had a call with yesterday doing tremendously well in their business, but, um, and they run events. But when you, when you look at, when we looked at the event, I was like, it's like, it's interesting, but it's not enough to make me want to jump over my friend to secure a ticket to go to this event. Sure. But it, but it's good. So if I had spare time, yeah, maybe I'd buy a ticket and I'd go. So then we went through and reassessed the offer and go, cool, well, what's the big promise? Like, what have you achieved doing all this stuff? And we extracted a bit of information. And then from that, we crafted, um, and I, I won't share it yet because we haven't launched it, um, but we crafted a new <laughs> positioning of the event. And I, that I think is like when I heard it, I, like when we were going through, I was like, hmm. This is one that I would you know, push people out of the way so I could be the front of the line to find out about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's great. So in with everything that you've done and learned so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? Oh, good question. Uh, the best advice that I've ever received is probably to never worry alone, right? So what I mean by that is and what I took from that is like, well, 
I should be um, sharing my worries with other people that have been there and done that because every single problem that we have, someone else has already solved that. And if we hang on to it ourselves, it really just like it denigrates us and it just it actually doesn't allow us to move forward versus if we share that problem most of the time either that you realize that the problem is really small and not that much of not that much of an actual problem mm-hmm. or someone goes oh yeah cool i've done that i've fixed that problem before yeah you know, oh, cool. okay <laughs> but when you like if you don't articulate it no one can ever help you if you never tell them you have a problem yeah that's very true so I'm I'm curious then with with everything that you've done and and you know the the different jobs you've had and in starting your own company or even now let's say before you get on stage, are there times when you're fearful, and how do you push past that fear to you know to get your job done? Um, I wouldn't say that I'm ever fearful. I definitely get nervous sometimes if I'm speaking to a new crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, before last year I spoke in um, France. And they had uh, everyone was um, was French speaking, so they had a translator translate my whole presentation live while I was there. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, that, like my <laughs> the biggest thing I focus on when I speak is I use a fair bit of comedy. I like like to keep it quite lighthearted. But I was like, this is not going to translate from Australian English humour to French. <laughs> like it's just not going to work. So yeah. I was very." So I like I couldn't use much of my um my normal like banter and things that I would normally say because I knew it just wasn't going to translate. So um I definitely get nervous. But I, when it comes to to fear, I, I like there's a, a great book I read um ages ago called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Great book. Really, what I took from that is really you can turn anything that you have like you can turn from nothing into something. So I've never really had an instant like instilled that I will be fearful of something because I know that really I should be able to create the outcome that I want. Hmm. I should be able to, to be able to get past it. So I, I've never really had the, uh, the fear apart from when I went bungee jumping, I was definitely scared then. I definitely had fear, but uh, <laughs> in like, the context of like business and whatnot, sure. um, to really come up with me. Cause I know that number one, I have a good support team. I can always ask people questions and get the answers and really find the solutions that I need. And then, um, Number two, I should be able to create the outcome that I want ideally. Sure. Okay. Well, good. Well, excellent. Well, Kim, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to read more about what you're working on or work with your company, where are the best places they can go to do that? Yeah, definitely. And the best place always is our hub, which is our website, which is yoursocialvoice.com.au. Or if you want to learn some more strategies and tactics and really start to uh, get some results in advance from what we share, um, we've just relaunched our YouTube channel in the last couple of months. So we've got three, uh, two or three content pieces a week going out on there, sharing all the different strategies that we use for our clients and tactics as well. So um, our YouTube channel is the next best, uh, next best bet as well. Wonderful. I will make sure that I put the links in the show notes to all of those. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.